Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. In America, almost everyone knows her story. Or part of it. It's a story of courage, supported by faith. It is a story which has made her a hero in the eyes of people who seek to see justice and equal treatment for everyone. We're going to tell her story today, but with an emphasis on the faith which sustains our heroine, a Jesus story which has been felt all through the United States. Today, we'll tell the second Black History Month Jesus Story for this year. Welcome to Jesus Stories. This is Season 3. We've told the stories of Jesus' life and teachings in Seasons 1 and 2. And because Jesus is still alive, being resurrected from the grave, his influence is still felt in the world through Jehovah God's presence on this earth, the Holy Spirit. That influence is seen in the lives of people who follow the teachings of Jesus in response to the Holy Spirit. Our stories come from those who have left their mark on our world because of Jesus and those who are still living out their Jesus story. Which brings me to a question. Do you have a Jesus story to tell? A testimony of what Jesus has done in your life? How has Jesus influenced your life? How has he influenced the lives of those around you? Now, it may not be a dramatic story, and you you might be reticent to tell it, and that's okay. Just contact me. Let's talk about it. Perhaps I can tell your story for you. So how do you get hold of me? Go to the website, jesusstories.info, click on the Talk to Us tab, and you'll find several ways to talk with us about your Jesus story. These Jesus stories do come to you because of your prayers and your financial support. Thank you for that. And if you'd like to know how to support us, visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. That's jesusstories.info. Oh my heart 
Our Lady, I'll tell you her name at the end of the podcast, was born February 4th, 1913, in South Alabama. Now, being black, her life was not easy. Not only was her family poor, but they were subject to the racist attitudes prevalent at that time. The poverty drove this family to live with Our Lady's grandparents, a fortuitous event for her. Growing up in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, where her uncle preached, she was taught about Jesus. She wrote this in her autobiography. Every day before supper and before we went to services on Sunday, my grandmother would read the Bible to me and my grandfather would pray. We even had devotions before going to pick cotton in the fields. Prayer and the Bible became a part of my everyday thoughts and beliefs. I learned to put my trust in God and to seek Him as my strength. She would need that strength more and more as her life went on. Life as a black person in South Alabama, as I said before, was not easy. Racism was a constant part of her life. At the age of six, she watched as her grandfather slept in a chair in his living room with a shotgun nearby. You see, the Ku Klux Klan was riding through towns, threatening and sometimes lynching black people. He was determined to protect his family. At the age of 10, she was pushed by another child, a white boy. She pushed him back. Her grandmother told her that she shouldn't do that. She might get hurt. While walking to school, white children would call her names, throw rocks at her. Faith was her shield in these cases. She would quote 23rd Psalm and the 27th Psalm to herself. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why? Should I be afraid? At the age of 19, she married a man who was active in the Montgomery, Alabama chapter of the National Association of Colored People. Because she had to drop out of school, he encouraged her to return and get her high school diploma. She did, becoming one of the few black people in Montgomery to do so. Because of her husband's influence, she became more cognizant and active in the civil rights movement. By default, she became the secretary of the NAACP chapter in Montgomery in 1943, keeping track of attacks and discrimination cases against black people. By the late 1940s, she was the secretary to the senior branch of the NAACP in Montgomery and an advisor to its youth council. She volunteered at union offices. Now, in 1950s, in Montgomery, far more black citizens rode the bus, public transportation, than white people did. Blacks could not afford automobiles, but they still had to get to work. Our lady wrote in her autobiography, I don't think any segregation law angered black people in Montgomery more than bus segregation. State law required the bus company to enforce segregation on their buses. 
Black people were required to sit in the back of the bus while whites sat up front. In fact, black people paid their fare up front, then had to get off the bus, go to the rear entrance, and re-enter the bus. Furthermore, blacks had to give up their seats on a full bus to allow white people to sit. Black leaders in Montgomery attempted to effect changes in these rules, but to no avail. The bus company would not agree to any changes, even though these were practices in other cities where that same company ran routes. Since these changes couldn't be effected through negotiation, a boycott was considered. That idea would come to fruition in an unplanned event. Our Lady takes up the narrative. When I got off from work that evening in December 1st, I went to Court Square, as usual, to catch the Cleveland Avenue bus home. I saw a vacant seat in the middle section of the bus and took it. I didn't even question why there was a vacant seat, even though there were quite a few people standing in the back. If I had thought about it all, I probably would have figured maybe someone saw me get on and did not take the seat, but left it vacant for me. On my row, there was a man sitting next to the window and two women across the aisle. The next stop was the Empire Theater, and some whites got on. They filled up the white seats, and one man was left standing. The driver looked back and noticed the man standing. Then he looked back at us. He said, let me have those front seats, because they were the front seats of the black section. Didn't anybody move? We just sat right where we were, the four of us. Then he spoke a second time. Y'all better make it light on yourselves and let me have those seats. The man in the window seat next to me stood up, and I moved to let him pass me by. And then I looked across the aisle and saw that the two women were also standing. I moved over to the window seat. I could not see how standing up was going to make it light for me. The more we gave in and complied, the worse they treated us. People always say that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired, but that isn't true. I was not tired physically, no more tired than I usually was at the end of the working day. I was not old, although some people have an image of me as being old then. I was 42. No, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. The driver of the bus saw me still sitting there, and he asked, was I going to stand up? I said, no. He said, well, I'm going to have to have you arrested. Then I said, you may do that. In another writing, Our Lady said, I instantly felt God give me the strength to endure whatever would happen next. God's peace flooded my soul, and my fear melted away. All people were equal in the eyes of God, and I was going to live like a free person. She was arrested and booked. Bail money was provided by a white friend, and Our Lady was released. The black leadership of Montgomery realized that they now had leverage to force the legal changes that they had been trying to negotiate with the bus company. Here was a respected, honorable, God-fearing woman who was arrested for being the wrong color and in the wrong seat on a bus. 
here was a gateway to set up a test case against segregation at large. At a trial, Our Lady was found guilty of violating the segregation laws and given a suspended sentence. For this trial, the black community had been galvanized to stay off the buses of Montgomery. Black-owned cab companies agreed to provide rides to passengers for the price of a bus fare. People rode the cabs. They walked. They carpooled where there were cars. They even rode mules and buggies. The buses remained mostly empty. And because of this success that day, this boycott continued for 381 days. Over a year, the boycott kept the buses empty, but not without reaction from the white community. There were a number of attempts to stop the boycott, but all were unsuccessful. As I said, this became a court case. Finally, on December 17, 1956, the Supreme Court ruled that segregation on Alabama's intrastate buses was unconstitutional. Our Lady's stand had been transformed into a legal move. Our Lady continued to be active in the civil rights struggle for the rest of her life. However, her work in this arena was undergirded with faith which sustained her through some tough times. As she wrote, As a child, I learned from the Bible to trust in God and not be afraid. I felt the Lord would give me the strength to endure whatever I had to face. God did away with all my fear. And then there was strength in the music, the hymns which the community sang. One thing we used to keep us going, she wrote, was the moving words of certain hymns, many of which had been passed down from the slave days. Singing gave us the feeling that with God's help, we could overcome whatever we were facing. Who was this lady of uncommon strength and faith? Her name is Rosa Parks. She has been called the mother of the civil rights movement. She has been honored over and over again, both nationally and internationally. On October 24th, 2005, at the age of 92, Rosa Parks went home to be with her Lord. Her coffin was laid in honor in the Capitol Rotunda, the first woman and the second African-American to be honored in such a way. This demure woman, whose faith led her strength, created a huge change in society in the United States. She depended upon Jesus to provide the courage needed to stand in the face of injustice and wrote her own Jesus story. These Jesus stories come to you because you support us and pray for us, and we thank you for that. If you'd like to know how you can help us out, visit our website. It's jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. You'll find ways to help us out financially as well as prayerfully. Do you have a Jesus story? A testimony? Perhaps one you'd like to share? It may not be as dramatic as the Rosa Parks story, but all Jesus stories are important. And if you'd like to share yours with me, go to the website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Talk to Us tab. You'll find several ways to communicate with me there. 
Join us in two weeks for another Jesus story, a life changed by and given to the resurrected Savior. This time, we'll meet a man who stood against Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party. That's just two weeks away. We'll see you then. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.